Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Della Darling podcast. We have so much exciting stuff to talk about today, and we have a special guest. It's Meredith. It's me. Meredith Newman. <laughs> this is, this is, we are. Am I the first guest? You are the first guest. Well, it is well, an honor and for, a privilege. That's true. We've done a segment with a guest, but we haven't that's had true. a full, a full on guest for the entire episode. Yes, a co-host. And not that it's dependent on audience reception or anything, because we know you'll be a fan favorite, but potentially a fill-in for me when my schedule does not allow me to join Emily at Della Darling Central. Yes, and we're so excited to have Meredith here. She's actually a health reporter at the News Journal, and she is a Delaware enthusiast, and so we're so glad to have her. So Meredith, so we know each other from going to Syracuse. Yes, do you like some background? Yes. Yes. Okay. tell Tell us a little bit about how you came to Delaware and your first impression and what you are still confused about now that you've been here about a year. Okay, great. Um, Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Um, I moved to Delaware. My one-year anniversary is actually coming up in June, June 20-something. And I moved here for my job. I worked at the News Journal. And I didn't really know anything about Delaware other than Dara lived Did you remember that I lived here? Yeah. So um, some background. Dara and I went to college together. Dara was like the cool senior editor at the Daily Orange, the independent student newspaper of Syracuse University. And I was just like this lovely freshman and I thought she was the shit. And she is, obviously. Um, so yeah, I like knew you were from Delaware and that was it. And then my coworker, my now coworker who I used to work with at my last paper as well, was like, oh, you should come and apply for this job in Wilmington, Delaware. And I was like, what am I going to do? Wilmington, Delaware. So much. So much, it turns out. I soon learned so much. And so I interviewed for the job. I loved it. I loved my boss. And I got it. And now I live on Market Street. Um, I probably shouldn't give my exact location. (laughs) No, but Meredith lives in one of the BPG converted buildings. And just having that kind of proximity is great. Yes. And also, like, where I'm living is, like, they're trying to make it this big thing. Like, they're trying to. Because you're more down in the, you're in the artist artist yep. area like Business. just above Loma yes yeah exactly that's and right yeah I don't want to get my exact location okay. anyway um so my first impression of Delaware was I liked it I love the riverfront like I walk along the riverfront all the time um but it was also confused by it like so what was confusing so was it, was, it the four-way stop no that was like a thing is that other places have four-way okay. stops? Okay, yeah, I, I, other I was, people have told me they're like, I came to Delaware and I didn't understand the four-way stop. I was like, it's no, a no, it was the four-way stop. It was mostly like things, and I think this is very specific to Wilmington, so I will say that things close at like six p.m. Yeah, and, yeah, that's not and, true elsewhere, right? And but also like, it just seemed very quiet. And again, I think that's very particular to where I lived. I live in downtown Wilmington where a lot of people commute to Philly or Baltimore or whatever. Um, but then also people just seem to be like indifferent about things that I couldn't, that I like didn't, I don't know. I what just say indifferent about? Well, like. That sounded like I was attacking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. She's just really intent on getting the interview. Well, like, it was just like, I, I was confused if people moved here or most people live here after graduation I was just confused about like 
the status of why people live here. That makes sense. Yeah, because, like, I get that. I, so here's a perfect example. I was at this event on Wednesday, and I was just, like, chatting with this woman who could not have been older than her mid-30s. And um, she was like, oh, are you from Delaware? Like, where'd you go to high school? I was like, oh, no, I'm from Chicago, actually. And then she was just like, oh, you moved to Delaware? And okay. I was just like, oh, I you get that. here. Yeah, and then I think also... I started a new job recently, and now this is the first job I've, I've had in Delaware. Um, I've done, like, freelance work here. I worked over the border. But this is the first time where people have kind of, like, friendly slash aggressively been like, oh, so you're from Delaware? Where'd you go to high school? And honestly, like, even though I've been living here, I didn't get a lot of that. And now now I understand, like, they just, they, always, they expect me to be from yeah. there. Yeah, but what I do like about Delaware is that... Everyone seems to know everyone, which I live for as a journalist, just, like, everyone knowing everyone's business. Um, and that, like, Wilmington is so much different than Sussex. Like, I had no idea that agriculture was a big part of Delaware's identity. Tourism and agriculture. Yeah, but had, tourism and agriculture are primarily Sussex County. Right. I had yeah. no idea. And I go down there for work, and it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's like this like, little small state, but they're... It's very different everywhere you go, and... We pack a lot into a small area. Yes, for sure. Um, and, I mean, who doesn't love the Biden family? They're basically the Kennedys of Delaware, as I like to say to myself. <laughs> that is as of late, As of late, it's very true, you know? Just with um, the whole, like, siblings dating in-laws of deceased siblings. I find that very strange, but my mother seems to be okay with it. And, you know, she's she's... Shout out, mom. She's very judgmental about scenarios like that. So I think if she's, she's okay standard. with it and she's done her research into the situation, it's probably all on the up and up. So I, so what you mentioned, I think this might be a great point to bring up an article we were talking about earlier quickly, which was Delaware and the nightlife situation here. Yes. That recently Delaware is ranked... 50th. We are the worst state the for worst nightlife. The worst state for nightlife. In the entire country. We are... Worse than Alaska. But Emily, I like your theory on this. So, right. So the thing I immediately thought was, well, that's, it's not really fair because anywhere that you are in Delaware, you know, we're so close to Baltimore. We're so close to Philly that if you're going to go for a night out of clubbing, bar hop, like true bar hopping, not just one or two bars and trolley, but, you know, a real, a real bachelorette party, crazy and wild night out, you know, from my house to Philly is 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to just go to Philly. We have access to that. Whereas if you're somewhere in rural Texas, it might be four or five hours to the nearest similar nightlife. So we don't physically have that type of a scene in Delaware, but we are so close to so many options like that that are closer than people who live in these other larger states. I think we get this unfair skew. I think it's also just the setup, and again, I'm just speaking to Wilmington specifically, like, the setup of Wilmington, like, I can't imagine what Wilmington was like before the riverfront and before the beer garden, but I think there's just no, like, hub of bars. Like, I know, and again, not to compare Wilmington to other cities, because I don't think that's really fair, but, like, where I lived in Baltimore, like, there was a neighborhood that had, like, just a row of bars. Fells. Um, I don't Canton. Okay, so yeah, so so, square, so like, to put that in perspective, in Baltimore, Fells Point and Canton, which Canton is adjacent to Fells Point, so they're very, very, very close. And Fells Point has something like 
the highest number of restaurants per capita of any place in the country. So, so putting that in perspective of realizing that there are so many more bars and restaurants per person in one neighborhood. Um, but it's true. We have, you know, we have parts of the city that are, that are that in some ways, but they're just so much smaller and they're very disjointed. Yeah. And it's difficult to go from one to the next. Right. It's not like you can go to, I mean, maybe you can a little bit now in the riverfront, like if you want to go to Del Pez and then Constitution Yards and then Docklands. Docklands. Right. So so you have a number on the riverfront you can get to. And then on Market Street, you have a number that you can go between, between Loma and then Upper Market where Chelsea and ENS are. Um, But then you've also got this set of restaurants where Washington Street and Mickey Moto's and Jemaine are that are somewhat disjointed from that. Then you have trolley square and all those restaurants and then you have union which is now getting revitalized and is being built up but the problem is you know you know if you only have four or five places in each of those locations to choose from you might really you know have an affinity for only one or two and then you would have to get in your car or call an uber and get to another part of the city and i think that's one of the reasons the loop is so successful in wilmington is and, and I don't think the Loop does this anymore, but they used to basically have a bus and you could just get on the bus and go from Loop location to Loop location. Whereas now, I think you get an Uber credit. Yes, that's what I think happened. I, think, I, I wasn't yeah. on it. I, I think you pay, you pay $10 or $15 for your wristband and you get like a $5 Uber credit, which is nice, but also a $5 Uber credit is only one ride. So you, I mean, I guess you'd be pairing up with friends and you would all... It's also important for me to note that I am a grandma and like I enjoy going to bed at ten thirty on a Saturday night. So it's Agreed. also I, it's hard we for me to also complain. Yes, we do too. Um, but I I was surprised and um, my coworker Ryan Cormier noted this in the story. I believe was like we have Firefly. You know, like it's not like there's right. nothing. Like there are some stuff and the beach. Like well, we have so many events and especially with you know festival season is coming up, which I'm really excited about. But Greek festival and Italian festival are lit. I mean, they go late into the night. You have crazy people really partying. Um, the Italian festival, actually, they have a hub where you can get on a bus so that there's easier parking, and then they'll bus you over, and it's pretty close to my house. And so I got to tell you, people coming home from the Italian festival at 10, 11, 12, they're, they're, it, it, it's, it's on fire. It is on fire. And I have ridden that bus home from the Italian festival, and it is fun. Okay, I can't wait now. I went to the Polish festival, but I didn't stay that long. Polish festival's good, but it's a little less lit, as lit. they say. Yes. So you were just at the flower market. I wasn't. It was my first flower market. Um, I don't think I timed it as right as I should have, because I think I would have purchased flowers, but... I went there around like two or three ish on Saturday, mm-hmm. and so like there was a lot. Oh, of so food that's toward the tail end. Yeah, so there weren't that many. There was like a lot of like um, herbs, but there weren't that many like flowers and stuff. But uh, like there was great arts and stuff. Um, the most memorable moment was, I think there was a Phoebe Buffay cameo at the flower market because there was this duo of singers and. I swear to God, it sounded like Smelly Cat from Friends, if anyone does not get well, that reference. I, I do. And, and was, you know, maybe maybe they're just big Friends fans, and they just throw it in their set. Well, it wasn't exactly Smelly oh. Cat, but it was, like, something that Phoebe Buffay would say. Was it, like, Flower Market? I see, I see. It was... Flower Market? I, it was... Basically. Why is it raining on you? <laughs> no, it was, like... They're, like... This song is called... Two people can rock. 
And it was like, that was the, all the lyrics that they were singing. Well, maybe, and it was like, maybe they, um, ha- their songwriters are the same ones who wrote that weird Bachelor Nation anthem for the Bachelor Winter Games this year. Maybe. It was terrifying. But and they I were really enthusiastic, it. and so you couldn't just not love them. But no, I liked it. There, there was really cute arts and crafts. It was also like very family friendly, but also there was like teens there with their Snapchat. So it's been cool on some level. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed myself. Well, we are glad that you're here. We're glad that you're enjoying Delaware. I think that Delaware is a great news town as a, as a new state um, that we have so much going on. Being between D.C. and New York, we do have a lot of people living here who are moving and shaping things not far away. And then the art scene is amazing, being in the Brandywine Valley. The art scene is really growing. There's just so much going on. Yes. And we, we, yeah. love, we love that you're here and that you're representing the News Journal because we are big news consumers. I appreciate you. We, I encourage, appreciate we encourage everyone to get to know their local journalists. And read, read the paper, yeah. and read you know, magazines. One of the things the that weeklies. this podcast has helped me to realize is that there's, there's so much out there to know. And, you know, when you drive by an empty storefront and you think, oh, I wonder if anything's going in there, you know, it, it's a quick Google and you will find out and you'll fall into a pit of finding out everything that's ever been in that storefront and what the new shop that's moving in means for the future of Market Street or wherever. And, um... I just think it's so important that you sort of like follow up on those random questions you have about where you live because it's such a great way to connect yourself to the news and the media mm-hmm. and and to, you know, further your own interests at the same time. Mm-hmm. Are there can you tell us about any stories that you're working on right now or perhaps there's something um, like I've done some freelance work and sometimes it's like the ideas are everywhere and sometimes you're just waiting to hear from that one unique person who has that story you could not believe that they have. So um, is there anything that's we can a really help you great with question. Or? I don't know if you experienced this but like I have the worst memory where, like, even if I wrote a story yesterday, like, I might not remember it. Um, sensory overload. Sensory overload. Um, I'm trying to think of things I'm working on right now. Well, something that, and I don't want to, like, You just won an award. Oh. I did see that. Oh, yes. You won, and this stood out to me, too. You won in a larger category than I did, but several years ago, I also received an award from the NDDC Press Association for the religion reporting category. Yeah, that was actually very unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, But the story was about um, interfaith couples and families celebrating the holidays. And I am a cashew, so I'm a Catholic Jew. And so that was just like my experience just growing up where my mom made latkes even though she was Catholic and my dad went to church on Christmas. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, I haven't read the story. So was it from your perspective or was it also interviewing? Yeah, I talked to other couples. So that's so cool because your background probably gave you like knowing what the right questions were to ask and, and probably creating totally. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, one thing that's been fun right now that I've been trying to do just kind of, kind of where we are right now in larger culture is. Um, and you guys are part of the group, but is the No Man's Land group for the News Journal. And I'm just interested in writing about women's rights, but also kind of what's going on. Just women doing cool mm-hmm. shit. Um, oh, am I allowed to swear? We, we, uh, we don't have explicit, okay. but we figure our target demographic is, you know, okay. over, over 13. Sorry. They're over 13. <laughs> so. My mom's going to be probably listening to this, so sorry, Abby. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, 
so that's been really exciting. I wrote a story a couple of weeks ago um, just talking to three women in Delaware who, like, broke the quote-unquote glass ceiling. And I talked to the first woman to get a credit card in her own name in Delaware, which is God. crazy. Like, I talk about, like, privilege. I had no idea that women couldn't get their... If they were married, they could not get a credit card in their own name. Right. I, well, I also try name. to keep in perspective that credit cards, to some extent, are also a fairly recent thing. Right, they didn't. Still. Right, they weren't really a thing until the 80s. Maybe a little before no, this that. this was the 70s. Okay, so, like, maybe yeah. in the 70s. So, I, I try to keep in mind that they're a relatively new thing anyway. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how much of our culture is still so recently um, designed to be sexist, racist, yeah. etc. Et yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we have been following No Man's Land, and it's a nice group on Facebook where it's, you, it does build community, and you do share stories, but it's not necessarily like, this is the group that you join when you want to get all of the news journal news. It's just, it's, this is where you go if you want to be informed and connect with Delaware women and share your thoughts and questions and find out what people are thinking about. Right. Like, anyway, I think um, my coworker, Sarika, who's like the co-founder, I guess, um, we're trying to like figure out what we want it to be because we don't want it to be this like overwhelming space. And we just want just to have like conversation. So like something actually that we might post that we were talking about the other day was like going to dinner by yourself. And if you've done that, that. Mm -hmm. and like, I, I mean, I love going to the movies by myself. It's like my favorite activity, but I've never gone to dinner by myself where I've gone into a restaurant, sat down and just ordered. I I have, but it tends to be more an out of convenience thing. I go to bars by myself regularly to watch sporting events because I like to drink beer and eat wings and watch Bucknell basketball. Okay. Wait, I did not know this, but we should do this more. I, I like to eat wings and drink beer. Then you won't okay. be alone, though, in the bar. Yeah. But that's okay, oh, okay too. Yeah. Okay. That's you okay, too. I've, I have, the times that I've gone to a bar alone, I haven't done it in a while. I did it, a, like, when I was in grad school more. Um, I would go to bars and read. Yeah. I, I go and I read. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes, like, there, there were times when I was like, I want to be at this bar. I want to order that drink. I want to enjoy, like, there, one was, like, at a cidery. I had a nice view of beautiful central New York. I know. It's and I was just like, reading my book. And that's awesome. And, but it's, like, one of those things, and maybe this is just, like, self-doubt and anxiety, but, like, when I see, like, if I saw you doing that or if I see people like that, I'm like, that shit's awesome. Right. I, mean, I, I never think, I never I think never anything think bad. Weird. Yeah. But, you know, there there is still, like, everybody has this inherent self, self I guess, self-deprecating yeah. feeling about it. As if it makes you look terrible. And I, I, well, I feel like if I have the book and like, I enjoy reading, I enjoy having a nice space to read. So if I have the book, then it looks like this is my activity, but if I'm just reading an article on my phone, it looks like I've been stood up. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. That's true. It looks purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. So maybe I'm going to try that. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice like throwing just conversations out there and like, we were talking about on the other day that I think you guys commented on, like, do you wear makeup to work? Like, why do you wear makeup to work? Like, mm-hmm. things like that. So, it's been a really good experience. And also, we're always looking for suggestions. And Yeah. yeah. I, I That makeup conversation I found interesting because I think a lot of people sort of echoed or had similar responses mm-hmm. to me, which was, I don't, but when I do, people let me know that I look much better. And so, maybe I should. But I still am not going to because 
I don't want to. And then you, the group, is hosting an event that I think everybody's going to. RBG. RBG, I'm so excited. So I'm very excited. Um, They put together an event with Theater N. Theater N is going to be running the Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, documentary movie for about a week and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. And you guys are doing an event on that Sunday night that they're going to have it. Yes, I'm totally blanking on the time it is. But if you are a member of No Man's Land or if you want to be a member and get discounted tickets... Just join the group and you'll see the link there. Yeah, and I think the discounted tickets are five dollars. Yeah. Um, although I think my movie pass also can, it can be just, used. At wait, does your end do movie pass? They do. Oh, wow. they do. Game changer. So, Game but changer. I can't get my ticket until that day. But I think it'll be okay. And then you're yeah, in, in addition to viewing the movie, there's some sort of do, like talk back type event. Uh, we're gonna do like cocktails. Okay. So sort of a networking, like a mingling. Meeting. Yeah, like a mingling kind of thing. Because we were gonna do a panel, but then we were like. We gotta organize. You have to find people who would be like really good and right, exactly. Yeah. And and this is like our first event, and so we we're like, let's just start small and be successful there, and then move up. No, agreed, agreed. And we'll definitely. I'm definitely planning to go, Dara. I think you. I am, are you out of town? I'm. I'm trying to go to DC that weekend to visit a friend from Syracuse, Debbie. Debbie. Shout out to Debbie. Maybe you'll take an earlier train back. I know. This is the thing. Emily's like, maybe you could take a train that you would get back in time to do 7 Delaware all the time. So (laughs) maybe I will. So, yes, it's 6 p.m. on Sunday, June 10th at uh, Theater N. um, Pre-movie drinks in the lobby at 5.30. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great event. And not going to lie, I am super pumped to see this RBG movie. I... I'm obsessed with her. I named my car after her. I I really um, want to get the workout book that her trainer wrote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need that. There's a movie coming out with Felicity What's-Her-Face. Hoffman? Jones? Jones. Okay. <laughs> Hoffman's from Desperate Housewives. Yes, but she's done a number of other very important things. That's true. Anyway, Felicity Jones is playing RBG. And Army Hammer is playing her husband. Is this young? Is this Yes. Like, yes, I think this is like... She's like a budding lawyer or something. Interesting. Well, that's exciting too. A little biopic. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be great for me. I know that Felicity Jones has done, you know, stuff now, but I'll always remember her as the young actress who appeared in the PBS adaptation of Northanger Abbey back in 2013 when I was writing my Britlet research paper. Oh, wow. So that's I barely followed that sentence. That's the comment not... from the girl who reads books in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Anyway, we can probably edit this out. <laughs> okay, so I do want to switch gears um, and just talk about some of the other stuff that we have done recently because I know Meredith has been to the flower market, but I had an event that I went to with Meredith and an event I went to with Dara, and I think both are sort of like good Delaware things I want to cover. So um, last week, Meredith and I went to a preview show of Next to Normal from Bootless Stageworks. So it was really cool. It was this, um, really, it was like, I mean, sort of in the basement of this church um, in Cool Springs, Trolley Square area. And it was so cool. I think it was $10 for the show. They had concessions were included because it was a preview. We had alcohol, too. We just didn't have any. They didn't have alcohol for the preview. Oh, okay. Alcohol, but they were going to have alcohol for the main shows, which I think this weekend may, may be their last weekend. Um, but maybe not. I, I should probably... We'll, we'll post all the info, don't worry. 
Um, but it was just so great. And, you know, Next to Normal is such a, such a great show. And it's so interesting because it won a number of Tonys, but it also won a Pulitzer. I didn't know that. Yes. So it won a Pulitzer because, you know, it, it handles mental um, mental illness, how suburban families are, are, you know, addressing mental illness and moving forward and, and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it deals with uh, suicide, depression, bipolar, gr- the death of a child. It's just a number of really heavy topics set to some great music. Um, and, it, and it's just a great show. I had, so I'm a big musical theater person. And I had no idea what this show was about. I knew it was, like, related to mental illness and a mom in suburbia. I had no idea. And I was, like, gasping after Yeah, you know, and it's so interesting because... So, I am going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Because it's just sort of difficult to talk about it if we haven't. It has been out for years. But it has been out since, you know, 2009. Yeah. So, there is a character who is never alive through the timeline of the play. So he was alive at one point, died, and is is no longer alive, but is still a major part of the show. And it's interesting because the way they present the show, it makes it very difficult to tell that he's only a figment of someone's imagination rather than an alive, living, and breathing character. And so I had seen the show before, and for me, I realized within the first song that that was the case. But but every adaptation's a little different. And this one, I was sort of wondering how far into the show we would get before that realization happened. And Meredith, you had never seen it. No, I had literally no idea. And I can't remember what part, but I was like, what? Like, it was, I was... It was definitely in the first act, but I yeah. think we were probably five, six songs in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, was like, pretty far yeah, in. Yeah, it was pretty significant. Yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was really good and... I thought the actors were really good, like the singing. It's a. I didn't realize it was also like mostly sung through, so there was very few like just straight up dialogue. Written dialogue, yeah, scenes, yeah. Um, I thought the woman who played. I can't remember the character's right name. I don't know, but she was originated by Alice Ripley, the mother. Yes, the mother. <laughs> I thought she was really good. Yeah, she was great. You know, um, I think she was great. I think the daughter was really amazing. And then I, I am, I am partial to tenors. I think they sort of get the best songs. I think they're just written best. I think that they just have such a, uh, such a just tenor voices just may, and maybe it's just that that's the the pitch that I just love. So the the father and the son roles are both tenors, and I just, I just. And again, I think they just have the best... They have some of the best songs, definitely. For sure, for sure. Um, and so that's part of it for me, too. I think that just was so great. And it also seems like the company does a lot of cool things. Yeah. In addition to... Right. So, so they've done some musicals. They do some other plays. And then one of the events that they have coming up, I think not until the fall. So, of course, when it gets a little closer, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it again. And I really would like to go. But it's... Um, the premise is that they have ten comedians on stage... And nine of them are high. And the it's audience participation. And so the audience basically interacts with the comedians. And they have to sort of take a vote and determine at the end which, of the one, which one of the ten comedians is not stoned. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> when is this? September or October, I think. Yeah. We'll yeah. post all the details. We will yeah. definitely We're post the go. details. So, Emily, you had a really busy week the other week because you had... This you had your theater activity with Meredith, which I could not attend, and then the next day, not with me, but with another friend, you went to the grilled cheese battle. I did, and you know it was so 
great. There was so much grilled cheese, it was delicious. And I, w- I couldn't attend because I had something else going on, and then also because I... Per- there's a lot of bread, and there's a lot it of was bread. very glutinous. It was very gluteny. Um, but it looked delicious, it looked like a fun time, and then we did have an event together the next week when we both went to the Joe Biden lecture on the University of Delaware campus on Tuesday. And you might not think that the grilled cheese battle and Joe Biden are related, but thinking about these two things side by side reminds me, and having Meredith here and talking about what a small place Delaware is, reminds me that this one time at Jansen's, I was at the cheese counter and I couldn't get service because Jill Biden showed up and started ordering a bunch of cheese. And this was when he was the sitting vice president. And so I think we speculated you went on a Saturday morning. Yes. And I had driven past his house Friday afternoon on my way home from work. Mm -hmm. And Secret Service and the news vans and everything were there. And we determined they were home for the weekend and they must be seeing the grandkids. So I don't know exactly what the plan was. If if she was specifically shopping for Joe. Maybe the grandkids were visiting. But she did order... American cheese, like sliced deli meat American cheese. I was waiting in line. I think I wanted some Cotswold with chives, but she was interested in American cheese. And I think I also saw, you know, classic Delaware, Pennsylvania item in there, some Entenmann's cake. That's true. That is a very Delaware, Philadelphia area item. What's that? Entenmann's is like a competitor to Tasty Cake, sort of. It's like coffee cakes. Oh, yeah, 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 gotta, gotta, yeah. yeah. I've never been. Here, here we get them in all the grocery stores, but that's okay. not true everywhere. I've never been to Jensen's, even though I pass by it all the time, because they have very interesting hours, but I think it's like, that's when they're clientele. That's, about. like, I go limited, there, that's true. I go there, like, only when I need special cheese, or, like, when I am, like, driving that area, and, like, I need to, like, buy one thing at the grocery store, and, like, even though it costs more expensive there, it, like, saves me 15 minutes from trying to get to the next yeah. grocery store. Well, and I think for a lot of sort of specialty items, if you want to get a really good bread or something like that, mm-hmm. it, it, the quality is better. Yeah. I will say that. Um, okay, for jo- both the Joe Biden event and the Grilled Cheese event, I'm going to do two main bullet points for each one because we do want to move on to our main topic for The, the main day. event. Take okay. it away. So Joe Biden, two main points. One, Joe Biden is a friendly, chatty Kathy. So... There were a number of us who were worried about parking, and actually my boss, I was worried I would get a ticket. My boss actually did get one. But Joe had so many great points. He's so friendly. He always has so much to say, so we appreciate that. Two, the future of clean energy has never been more real than now. There are so many opportunities for clean energy. That was the whole topic of the conversation. And we really just need people to voice that these are things that are important to them. It's really hard to move forward with the technology, even though it's out there, until we get policy that pushes it forward. And policy isn't created until you have people supporting it. So there's our political moment. If you support something, you need to politically support it as well. And that can just be as simple as writing an email to your congressperson or senator. Grilled cheese battle. Oh, two points. One... Grilled cheese is delicious in pretty much any form. There were so many different varieties, and they were all really, really good. I was going to ask, can you make a bad grilled cheese? Like maybe if you don't. It's hard. I think it's hard. Grill it enough. Yeah, I think you can cook it incorrectly, but because we had all professional chefs, right? That was not the case. So that's what I would say as my first takeaway. And two, 
we need more young people to be going to these events. I mean, this is a grilled cheese battle. You go, you eat a dozen sandwiches. There were two, two drinks included in each ticket. Tickets were $35. I mean, it wasn't even an expensive event. For, for $35, you could go to dinner and have two beers. I mean, at any restaurant. So it was not even expensive, but I will tell you the average age was probably 50 and you probably had more people in their 40s and 50s than in their 20s and 30s. Okay, so circling back to the indifference amongst Delawareans, that's something that I also come across. Like, where are the young people? Right. And, and you know, it's, it's this issue that I have. Everybody who is sort of fresh out of college, the sort of up to 25, 26, they're hanging out in Trolley Square. And then everybody who's 35 and over is on the riverfront or Market Street. And that's all great. But where are all the 27 to 34-year-olds? I'm out there, but I don't know where they are. It's hard to find them. I guess I'm away. Dara's in other states. <laughs> this, is, this is like the dirty secret of the podcast is that I spend a lot of time traveling to other places, which is a perk of living in Delaware. It is. Totally. You're very centrally located. But, but you know, Dara's boyfriend lives in um, Manhattan, and so she does spend a lot of time up in New York. Her sister is up in the Boston area. She has a number of friends who she likes to I visit. I have a number of who she likes to go visit. I do like to visit my friends. People do enjoy Dara's company. Right. So, but it's, it's nice because you take advantage of that. And then when you're here, you take advantage of what we have to offer in Delaware, too. Yes, so. I'm not a fraud. I promise. Fraud. Dara goes to Delaware events. So, speaking of, you know, where are the young people and also speeding things up to right now... Last, I did something very dangerous, which is I stayed up until midnight last night because, surprise, we're recording this right after having watched the royal wedding. So I was really bad, and this is a strange way to phrase this, but I slept in until like 4.30, Emily. Dara slept in until 4.30. Meredith, what time did you get up? Wait, what do you mean by you say you slept in? I was good today. Get, I, what time did you get up? Four. Oh, I got up at 4. Right, so Meredith got up at 4. Oh, I, was, I thought you were saying like, oh, I usually get up at 4. No, no in comparison like, to the diehards over here. I was oh, so oh, bad. Oh. Yeah. So, so Dara got up at 4.30. Meredith got up at 4. They both came over to my house with a number of other women, young and older, mm-hmm. more, more distinguished, if you will. Um, and we got together and we watched the royal wedding. We had a photo booth. We had little British flags, Union Jacks that we could wave about as they were processing. You were quite the hostess with the mostess. Oh, thank you. We had my mom did an adaptation of a lemon elderflower cake, which was the cake they had at the wedding with we four tiers. Four tiers. It was not nine feet tall, which is how tall Queen Elizabeth's wedding cake was when she got married. But it was it was like a foot tall, so that's pretty good. Um, we had tea sandwiches, we had quiche, we had frittata, we had scones, clotted cream, lemon curd, Celtic cross blueberry jam. I had done a Union Jack parfait. We, we really, we went all out and I, I think it really showed. I think our event was probably the best event in, you know, the Brandywine Valley. I had a blast. We really leaned into the theme and I'm glad you had a Markle Sparkle Bar. Yes, and I, I didn't want to be exclusive of Harry, so mm-hmm. I actually made two signs, Markle Sparkle and Mary Harry. Which mm-hmm. is good, because last night I was at the Hotel DuPont, which was one of the places that was supposed to have like food and drink that was royal wedding themed. And yes. I, I was there for fun, but I was like, hey, I'm at this bar, I might as well order a pre-show beverage, and I asked Vincent, the bartender, I was like, could I get a Markle Sparkle? And as soon as I said it, I was like... 
I am the most basic chick here. But you, you know, don't, that's okay. He didn't know what, it, so there are multiple, this is what I learned, there are multiple bars within the hotel department. Oh, uh, yes. I am. And I'm they don't so, have it at all of them. And they don't have it at all of them. I really enjoyed the bar where I was. I had a nice cheese plate. I had some Prosecco. I was there with our friend Gretchen, who alas could not make the royal wedding. So I took her out for a birthday drink. And then we went to see this show where I got to, I got to do a little like, pre-royal wedding stuff because I got to see Cinderella in the flesh. This is confusing now. Um, yeah, I'm not following any of this. So you can't get the Markle Sparkle at every bar in You can't get the, the Markle Sparkle. I had Prosecco, but the big thing is is that I was going to dance to the movies at the Playhouse. At the Playhouse featuring Miss Leslie Ann Warren, who, if you are a child of the 80s or 90s, you may remember her as I do. She was the first Cinderella that I ever experienced because she was in Rodgers and Hammerstein's um, one of the second televised broadcasts. I watched it on VHS. I also saw her in Fairy Tale Theater, The Twelve Dancing Princesses, my favorite episode of Fairy Tale Theater. Um, yes, yeah, so we watched so much PBS. This is it, what, no, I think That's we just got PBS. them at v, we just got the VHSs from the the video store. Okay. Yes, so this is just one of the many strange events that sometimes you can find happening in Wilmington. Yeah, so there's just so much going on, but, um, you know, it's so great that there were so many places that were theming things around the royal wedding, and there actually was a, was a, there's a British pub on 202, and they were hosting a breakfast party, so you could go, Stonies, you could go and have breakfast and watch the wedding with other people interested in watching the wedding who aren't crazy enough to get up at 345 in the morning to host a party, um, but yeah, I, I, it was just so great, and, and I just... I have a few things I want to talk about. So we'll sort of try to highlight different parts of the wedding that were important. So number one, let's talk about all of the turmoil of who may or may not be in attendance. You know, we had Prince Philip, who we didn't know if he would make it because he recently had hip surgery. Meghan Markle's father, he was coming. He wasn't coming. He was. He wasn't. We were so back and forth. And then even, you know, Kate Middleton was not seen until so late into the show. The show, I'll the call show. it. But she was so late in the procession arriving at the church that I think we actually started to question maybe she wouldn't be in attendance. There was so much drama and my heart couldn't take it because it wasn't like Megan wants this kind of cake, but the queen wants this kind of cake. It was like her family won't show up. Yeah. Like it was like a whole new level of like lifetime crazy sadness. And I thought I was, first of all, Doria, her mother, is the real MVP of the situation. You called her a national treasure. She is a national treasure. I would back that up. Um, I think everything happens for a reason, and I'm really glad that her dad didn't end up coming. Because I thought it was a really nice moment for Charles to walk her down the aisle. Mm -hmm. I think it was very nice. Um, and it was very welcoming of her into the right. family. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I also think, you know, there are so many times, especially when it comes to things like weddings, funerals, and babies, right, where you sort of put aside your differences with your family for that one moment. But but then I also wonder, when, when you have such a tumultuous relationship for years and years, I mean, this is not... Yeah, they're very much estranged. They're, they're estranged. And so to have him taking, honestly, such an important role where it's, you know, the role of somebody giving you away at a wedding is them saying, like, I have loved you and protected you and I have I have 
in this world helped you to become who you are. And now you are ready to sort of like fly free and make decisions on your own and, and choose, a, choose your path and who you want to spend that path with. And, you know, it's, it's the child saying like, you have really helped me to, to arrive at this point and to bring me to where I am. And to be honest, it sounds like he really hasn't done any of that. So it doesn't make sense for him to be walking her down the aisle. And also she like is such I get, like, she's just a very strong, independent woman. Like, I know that term's used all the time. But I think she really is. Like, I don't think well, she, she is. And and, it, and that has to do with her age as well. You yeah, know, totally. She's not a 20-year-old bride. She's 36. She has, and this is what they said on the Today Show, but it's true. She has lived a life. Right. She has lived a very full life. And so does she really need somebody to say, you're, you're ready to spread your wings? Mm-hmm. She's, they're spread. They've yeah. been spread. So, yeah. I was also, I was, like, happy to see Oprah. Yeah, so let's let's talk about guests. Who, okay. who we were happy to see and who we thought would be there that wasn't. Um, the A-list celebrities. That I would say the A-list, okay, so I would say the A-list celebrities include the following people. Serena okay. Williams, the yes. best athlete of all time. Oprah, the best Obviously. human of all time. Um, George Clooney and Amal Clooney, the best couple of all time. And I would really say that's where the A... The oh, oh, the Beckhams. I'm sorry. Beckhams. Yes, totally. And I think... The best British couple of all time. Um, I think that's where the A-list would taper off. Because then you get the cast of Suits who, good for them for being invited. Well, and they're recognizable. Yeah, they're recognizable. I mean, right. Not for me because I don't to watch me, it. I recognize the one guy as, like, the guy who plays jerk number three in a right. variety you know, of... I think yeah, they're, that's they're, true. They're, they're, uh, they're in a lot of, like, other things. So so I would agree. I think I think... You hit the nail on the head with who sort of the most famous attendees were. Oh, James Corden. James Corden. We should include James Corden. Because I think... Unfortunately, did not host Carriage Ride Karaoke, as we joked, when we saw him show up. Though, if he's listening right now, like, he should do a bit for that. Well, you never know. know, they They have a number of hours between when we last saw them and the reception tonight. So maybe they're going to go from the breakfast reception to the small reception and he's going to do it with them then. Probably. Probably. Or even just do it another celebrity in a carriage. Oh, and yes. Elton John. We left off Elton John. Oh my God. Oh my God. Who of course it. is performing tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but but then I, every, all the, like the, the celebrities that maybe were not recognizable, they still looked so elegant, posh, Everyone graceful, uh, yeah. Everyone A-game. did. I, I think almost. I, you know what? The, the hair and makeup artists of England were very busy today. Mm-hmm. I think everybody looked great. They all had their hair done. You know, I, I honestly thought we would be having a discussion about who had the most entertaining hat or worst fascinator. Very subdued. I think you mean the purple pajama award. The purple pajama award of the royal wedding. So. The Purple Pajama Award is an award that is given out at any event that I attend that is formal. So this has <laughs> not started, like the, the recipient so doesn't know that the they recipient does not know. This is a secret award. So this began years and years ago when my parents were at a wedding and the girlfriend of one of the groomsmen was a female bodybuilder weightlifter and she wore a purple uh, tracksuit that looked like purple pajamas. And she was clearly the wedding. most inappropriately dressed at the wedding. 
And so it became known as the Purple Pajama Award. And it's a great way to sort of break the ice, especially at things like a wedding or a formal fundraiser dinner, something like that, where you may be at a table where you sort of vaguely know the other people, but you don't actually know them well. It's an easy icebreaker. It sort of becomes a team event throughout the evening because you have to bring up discussion of who might who might be a good candidate. What and then the you sort of take a vote. Who deserves the award is at your table. <laughs> this has never happened to me. <laughs> And, and I, I, when I say inappropriately dressed, it's inappropriate for the event sure. or for that person as an individual. Okay. So somebody who's 70 wearing, you know, a dress that's like down to their belly button with the, with the V-neck. I mean, that would really not be appropriate for that person. It but maybe be, it's okay for the event. It should be noted that we are all wearing pajamas. And the party, <laughs> the, the attire for Emily's royal wedding watching party was wearing pajamas. But we would not have won the Purple Pajama Award because it was the appropriate attire for That's the event. That's true. There are, there are times where there is no recipient. I was nervous that I was going to win that award today because I actually texted Terry <laughs> yesterday. Because I you just needed wasn't, pajama approval. I, no, I just wasn't. I was like, we're wearing pajamas, right? <laughs> and so I, I mean, I came dressed in pajamas and I loving it and I was going to wear pajamas no matter what but I was kind of nervous for a second yeah so we all wore pajamas but but that's the thing you know seven years ago there's the infamous toilet seat hat that Eugenie wore and is that how you pronounce her name yes okay what did she say Eugenia there's no a she has no a it ends it's ie so she's Eugenie yes okay so so you know there was the infamous toilet seat hat and she, she, I think they both were actually very understated, both Beatrice and Eugenia. And, you know, they have an interesting fashion choice. And so I, I think that they may have grown as individuals, but also they may have made a decision to be a little more toned down for yes. this event. I'm sure they didn't want to go viral. Well, after what happened last time, I, I agree. Harry's ex-girlfriend is busy going viral. Yes, there's already a meme out there of Wait, really? Chelsea Davy. Yeah. Yes. So, so... Um, okay, so let's move on. Well, how about the Page Boys, Flower Girls? I wanted more Prince cetera. George. I always want more Prince George. Um, Prince Charlotte was Princess Charlotte. I'm sorry. Um, I'm tired. Um, was adorable, but I, I think he's very reluctant. You think he has allergies? I I think he has allergies. He he rubbed <laughs> his eyes and his face a lot today, both on the way in and on the way out. And I just I, I you know I understand. When you, he was when overcome have, with emotion. When you have sinuses that are clogged, it's just very difficult to participate in life. Yeah. And and I, both he and Harry, I think they both had some allergy problems going on today. It, I, and Twitter confirmed this because Twitter's always right, but people were also getting the sense that it was very warm in the... Mm-hmm. Everyone was sweating. Because Kate Middleton was sweating, and you know she's sweating. It must be hot, because I feel like she's not one to sweat. No, she, she has, I mean, she has... No, I imagine she's always cold. She she's has she has like two percent body fat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. You know, so so I'm sure she's always cold, and and a number of people, and and you know everybody was dressed with jackets. The women generally had on long sleeved jackets as well. So keeping in mind, it's and it's you know in the U.S. if you're at a wedding and it's god awful hot in the church, you just take off your jacket and you just wear your sleeveless dress and it's fine. But that's not really appropriate at the royal wedding, so you have to leave it on. I also wonder if it's just that it's also televised. Yes. Well, and I, I'm sure you're instructed you can't wrestle you too much to and all that. Wa- like bare your shoulders in in the, I don't. We didn't see any, a single like revealing outfit. 
No, they're all very conservative. Yeah. And, and I don't know, definitely not at a royal wedding, but I don't know. I imagine there are a number of events that Beatrice and Eugenie go to where they possibly have, have sleeveless dresses on. But, but you know, that's a good thing to think about. And what if up. I was at the Met Ball and I think You they... saw her shoulders. <laughs> I think I saw her shoulders. <laughs> so, but definitely a royal wedding is sort of the yeah. most formal conservative mm-hmm. totally. event that the royals would attend. Totally. Right. The biggest thing that shocked me, I mean, shook me to the core, you guys, was when Harry and William entered the church and they took off their hats and I had this moment where I thought, oh my God, who is that bald man next to William? (laughs) Because William obviously has been balding for a long time, but you know, Harry, we've always thought of as having the thickest, luscious head of hair. And it turns out it's pretty thin on top, and there's definitely a spot going on in the back. so sad. So sad. I mean, he's still charming and handsome and, like, whatever. But, like, even the best ones, I mean, they experience it. I I would call it the most shocking moment of the day. The most unpredictable part of the entire wedding. (laughs) I did not see it coming. My thing is that, like, you would think they have so much money, they would, like, try to keep that in check. No, I think it's the other way. I think it's, like... You have so much money that like it doesn't matter. Like you have money and respect, and respect. Like right, it's like it's not just like being able to like buy it. It's just like the way that they care, like the history and the way that they carry themselves and like the rules that they follow. It's like you you think he's balding? Like who cares, commoner? That's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, and I and I think you know there's also something to be said for sort of accepting things and aging gracefully. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to use like an, a good a good face lotion so that you don't wrinkle as easily. Yeah. But but there's not really yeah, I don't hair. I don't know that we actually have a good solution for hair loss at this point in time. Yeah, hair plugs would be scary. It, well, and and he would be you know they're they're very visible for a long time after you get them done. It takes quite a while Ooh. before you really Ooh. could feel. <laughs> Can feel 100% going out in public with the way you look with the hair plugs. Yikes. So, and, and you know, Harry and William, they, they do not have time to, to go under, you know, have that done and then have to sort of hide out. Um, they have a lot of public appearances that they, they have to be a part of. Mm-hmm. It, this, is, this is making me very wistful thinking about the passage <coughs> of time and God bless you, Meredith. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you, you know, growing older. I thought it was your, your mom and your grandmother were here today. And I, it was really, it was kind of nice to hear them talk about how they remember watching Princess Diana's wedding. And then we all remarked kind of bittersweet today that this was really exciting but now it's like when's the next royal wedding like right and the next big royal wedding well so the next officially the next royal wedding will be eugenie's wedding in october Mm -hmm. but it's not likely that that one will be televised there will be probably clips shown later that day we're probably not gonna have a watch party we're probably not gonna have a watch party because well unless i can get the live stream from bbc in which case i will watch it and anyone who wants to can Mm -hmm. come um but it will not be as big as this one and but but in reality, the next true big royal wedding, you know, similar to the Charles and Diana or mm-hmm. William and Kate or Harry and Meghan, it is going to be, you know, George mm-hmm. or Charlotte or Louis, depending on, who, you know, mm-hmm. who gets married first out of those three or or possibly Harry and Meghan if they have children soon or or if William and Kate have any more. So, you know, we're talking 20 to 30 years from now will be the next the next major royal wedding. Yeah. So, I, like, I know some of this is sort of silly and frivolous, 
but in the best way possible. But at the same time, I do feel like this is this is a historical moment. And I feel like this is this this is part of our history now that we watched it together. And like, where will we be when well, the next a- world? Agreed. You know, a coronation though. Well, that also comes with the death, but... There will likely be a coronation before there will be another major royal wedding. I would agree. And hopefully... Queen Elizabeth could live until she's 300. Yeah. She looked... Oh. She looked great. Let us just talk about, basically, the outfits of all of the the, the The top royal families. I think the second shock of the day was that Queen Elizabeth wore green. Now, many were shocked... I was not among them. Oh, okay. I had predicted green, and, and I just what had a feeling. That? I just had a feeling. And did it well, come you know, to you in a dream? She loves yellow. She loves yellow. But she had worn yellow to William and Kate's wedding, and I just felt that, you know, there, you have to think about the photos of Queen Elizabeth from Charles' wedding, William's wedding, and Harry's wedding are constantly going to be put next to each other. Mm-hmm. And I just think she has a good understanding of not wearing the same color in photos that will often, you know, be yeah. grouped. She's a smart okay. lady. Be grouped. Um, I just, you know, so I just felt she would not wear yellow. And I, I just had this feeling, you know, it's springtime. I, I, I just had a feeling she would be in green. But I had predicted more of sort of an Easter egg pastel green. I did not predict key lime. I think as Lisa <laughs> called it, like, limited to green. <laughs> limited to lime. That was so good. Also, this is, like, the purple accent. Yes. She had some, and those were those were vibrant purple accents. And I actually loved she, her little shell that was under her, her mm-hmm. jacket that you could see. It looked like it may be, like, a purple floral print. Oh, my God. So we'll have to wait until the photos come out and we can sort of see a little closer. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll release photos of, like, the reception and the breakfast and stuff? There will be there will be official portraits okay. released. And, oh, okay. and there will also just be photos right. of them arriving, whereas we're seeing, you know, them walking across right. the screen very briefly. You know, we're, not, we're not getting those moments. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I just thought that. And then for the other ladies of the royal family, you know, we talked about Beatrice and Eugenie were both toned down. But I think Kate and Camilla, they both looked great. Yeah. Although, as your mother pointed out, they could not talk to each other or else their hats would hit. It's they true. Hit they hats. both, their fascinators were both a, a little overwhelming. But they, I mean, they pulled it off. They looked great. I, think. She, I mean, Kate Middleton always looks great. Kate Middleton always looks great. And, you know, of course, we all have to comment, you know, she had a baby within the last two months and she still looks amazing. Couldn't tell. You can't, you can't tell in the slightest that she was very recently pregnant. And I like that she, I saw this on Instagram, she, like, wore her dress to, like, the queen's birthday and, like, someone's christening. I can't remember which She one. is an outfit repeater. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's nice, because she looks great, obviously, but then also, like, she's not trying to steal any thunder from Meghan Markle. This is, has anyone read the Crazy Rich Asian series? No, no I It's on my Goodreads list. I encourage you to do that. I'm really excited for the movie coming out this summer. So excited. There's one of the characters in it. I mean, of course, they're all fabulously wealthy. There's one character who's just, she's incredibly stylish. She's a trendsetter. She, she really invests, it. she'll, she'll get the, the big fashion houses behind her. And so she's a guest at a wedding, and everyone, even the bride, is obsessed with wondering what dress she's going to show up in. And then it turns out that this, the fashionista, she has a principle of always wearing the same dress to every wedding she attends. So that, like, no one makes a bigger deal about what she's wearing than Aww. what the bride is wearing. That's so nice. You know, and, 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 you know, I have really struggled. Over the last month or so, I have come to like Meghan Markle more than before. I really was very upset. I was not happy with this engagement. And I didn't have a real reason to dislike her. I just, 
I just, and, and I think, and I said this at one point, but I think the real reason is that, you know, Kate Middleton, she's just, she is the perfect choice. She was, she was, and is the perfect choice for Prince William. I think, you know, she helped to really set the standard of changing and moving forward with the monarchy that allowed Harry and Meghan to be, you know, we're talking about all of the ways in which Harry and Meghan are, are questioning the way the monarchy works and are changing things and are out of tradition. But, you know, Kate Middleton's a commoner and she came in and she really, she, she, she did a lot. She's done a lot that has sort of created that environment where Harry and Meghan are, are acceptable as a couple. And, you know, the thing about Kate Middleton, it's like William stepped up to the plate and it's the first time he's ever played in the majors and he hits a home run, you know, and, and she's just so perfect. She she's beautiful. She's she's eloquent. She's she's just so many things. And I think he just did so well that I, I was having a hard time with Megan living up to her. So my expectations for Megan or whoever Harry ended up with may have been a little unrealistic because I felt that that person should be better than Kate Middleton. But I, and yeah. I don't and I don't know that she, I would not say Megan is better or worse. She's different. I think they're in two different lanes, and like I don't know if you would want to. And like I don't really remember how things were with like Sarah Ferguson and Princess Diana. Obviously, Princess Diana was like the supreme. According to the community production of Diana the musical that I saw, they were their best buds. Oh, okay. They had they had a little duet together. I know. Oh, um, I don't know how accurate that is. To be honest, it could be, but, but I don't like, know. I don't know if you would want. Like, I think they're doing two different things. They have two different purposes in life, honestly. And I like that they're different. Oh, absolutely, so absolutely. Yeah. I think I just really struggled. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, they will always be compared. Yeah, they will I, be. Yeah. But you I know? think it helps that they're so different that you can't really. It's true. Compare them. They come from such different backgrounds. Right. And I think their trajectories forward are so different. And, you know, I think it's so great because Kate, Kate, she really embodies everything that, that you sort of need in a, in a um, future queen mother. Because that's really, right, She'll, she will be the mother of the king, the king queen, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think she is all of those things. I think that she's, she's very good at taking a step back and allowing others to shine and knowing when it's her place to participate versus versus not. Whereas with Megan, I think, you know, the activism part is so important to her and not being in such a high-profile role, right? Because right. Now, now Harry is sixth in line and and would only get lower, right? He can't, I mean, hopefully, you know, cross yeah. your fingers, nothing would happen there. But I think it, it allows them to be high enough in the succession to be able to bring so much... Um, advocacy to their causes, but they actually get to to actively participate in yeah. their causes, and I think it's just such a better role for Megan. And you know, not that Kate is not an activist and doesn't participate in charity and all that, but she just is, is participatory in a very different way. I think, and again, just from observing from afar, like there was a moment at some British award show where they were all going to dress in black for the Me Too movement, and Kate and William were going to that mm-hmm. and she didn't dress in black because they can't take political stances mm-hmm. where I think Meghan Markle just again due to her relationship to the royal family and being not the future queen mother like she can speak out about feminism she can speak out about she has a little movement. more leeway in what's exactly. acceptable and I think Agreed. that I think especially like where we are right now like that's so refreshing to see where if Kate Middleton was getting married to Prince William right now and she wasn't like that it'd be like What's wrong with her? 
you know? Right, right. So I think, like, what we were looking, what our culture is looking for right now, I think Markle is the perfect choice. No, I think she, and she's a great bridge between the U.S. and the U.K. Oh, totally. Honestly. So I just have one last sort of wrap-up wedding topic before we go, and that is the dress, which is rumored, based on the Today Show, they said it was a $135,000 dress. Oh, my God. So what, what, do, what do you guys think of the dress? I liked it. I th- well, when we saw it in the car at first, someone was like, what, did, what is it? What does it look like? And someone was just like, I, I can't tell. She just looks like a white blob. Um, valid. Valid. Um, but then when she got out of the car... Honestly, like, in thinking about wedding dresses and, like, dresses that I've seen, like, that is the style that appeals to me. I, like, I really like that look. So then, you know, seeing it on her, I was like, oh, that that is something that I have seen before and like already. Um, I was kind of surprised by it. I, your mother made the comment, I think, that it looked like the dress that Maria wore in Sound of Music, which when I was a little girl and I watched that mo- movie, I was just like, well, this is underwhelming. But then, like, as I've gotten older and my styles have changed, I've appreciated it more. So I think in terms of watching the royal wedding today, seeing it at first was like, oh, like, that's really nice, but I guess that's it. And then as we were watching the ceremony, I was just like, I, I'm appreciating seeing, it more and more. And seeing the photos and seeing how beautiful everything looked, I was like, yes, this is, this is good. I can't wait to see what, you know, if we get to see what dress she's wearing to the reception I hope that maybe will be, like, a little bit more fun and flavorful, but um, I liked it. I totally agree. At first, I was like, oh, I really wanted, like, something, like, flashy and showy, which I realized, like, like you were saying, like, the more I was watching Mm -hmm. the actual wedding, the more I was like, oh, no, that would not have worked. I do love her veil and, like, Mm -hmm. the long train and the, like, the That was the drama. Right, exactly. So I love that, but I think, like... I, I don't know. I'm personally really simple and classic, and so that, like you were mm-hmm. saying, like really appealed to me. And and yeah, like I don't think you would want her to upstage Kate Middleton. So I like appreciated like the, their looks were very different. Oh, different. from the the two weddings, different right. setting so, too. So yeah. I agree. I, you know, for me, the dress was fine. It was beautiful. Nothing wrong with it. But I, I, um, and Dara, I don't know if you would disagree with this, but I, I like to think of my style as very like classic with a twist. I think yeah. I might choose like a classic silhouette or something very conservative, but it's going to be in a fun print. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to choose something that's like very showy, but it's going to be navy blue. Um, or I might wear something that's navy blue, very calm, but then I also have on six inch gold stilettos. You this know, is an accurate representation. So, so for me, I didn't feel that twist moment at all. I felt like it was just a very classic, very plain dress. There was nothing wrong with it. And I, for me, the veil was beautiful, but it just, for me, didn't, didn't quite do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have loved to see something like a dramatic, um, like a sashing, some kind of like Navy sash around her waist. She has a beautiful figure. And to be honest, I don't think this dress really showed off her figure almost at all. Um, it wasn't shapeless, but it, it, she has a beautiful mm-hmm. figure, and I think it was very lost in that dress, in my opinion. So I would have loved to see a sash or just just a little something, maybe like a deeper V-cut in the back that would mm. go maybe midway down her back. And again, yeah. it could be something fairly subtle, but just just a little something with a little more detail. I kind of surprised she had her she had her hair up. I was kind of hoping her hair would be down. I think I, I really had not thought about it, but I think if I had to, I would have predicted it would be up. Mm. I think yeah. maybe like 
maybe like if her hair had been like in some sort of braid crown like if there's more like detail on the hair maybe that would have made also, the dress work for you agreed a more. agreed I, but her hair was also and again nothing everything was fine everything was you know understated and beautiful but there just was no sort of wow factor for me she didn't even have a lip on like there was like a new right. lip everything and, like, was no new jewelry. her makeup was very like yeah. again she looked beautiful yeah but there just was no moment I mean the dress even had she put on um some sort of necklace that had like one mm-hmm. major sapphire yeah yeah you totally. know I think I think that would have done it for me like very very plain with just just a large one large stone but it just was a little too plain for me mm-hmm. it was so cute when Prince Harry was just like you look amazing and she just like gushed at the altar I yeah. love that yeah they I think they really did have a great um like camaraderie yeah. between them mm-hmm. it's yeah. sort of the best way to describe it like I really felt that um they were partners up there and not that he had to reassure her yeah. through the whole thing which she I didn't think look nervous he looked nervous nobody said the wrong name nobody said the wrong name I think it I think it was great it was just it was a great event a great wedding we had a great event here it was you know an all-around good good girls weekend yeah, and now we get to do it all over again with different events for the next two weeks. So many more events. All right, guys. Well, we have had such a good time sharing with you what we've been up to, learning a little bit about Meredith and what we did for the royal wedding. So talk to you next time.